Hey guys, by some twist of fate or some unfortunate turn of events, you have landed here on Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments, my new podcast. Uh, this is episode one. Um, you'll be thrilled to learn that basically as a result of the pandemic uh, and or fatherhood, uh, it's rendered me completely socially isolated. And so I've decided to start a podcast purely on the basis that I can then connect with other people and have some sort of engineered conversation with someone once a week. Uh, my first guest is a guy who I got to know uh, a few years ago through the now defunct social media app Vine. Uh, we shared a love of video editing and uh, and comedy stand-up. We, uh, we both came from stand-up comedy backgrounds. Um, he has since pivoted and explored quite aggressively uh, YouTube, launching his YouTube channel uh, and producing a show called Knee of the Curve, which I think is one of the best technology shows, not least because it's a perfect blend of tech and comedy, which is really kind of... I mean, the guy is basically a, an American, more handsome version of me. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, please do so and welcome my first guest ever, Mr. Emmett Short. So, Mr. Emmett Short. Emmett, how are you doing, man? I'm great. How did I, how did I become your first guest ever? Uh, this, this is an yeah, honor. I, well, I wish I could say that you, you were the, my first choice for but. <laughs> oh my God. You, you made the short list. I had, I had a list of like 10, 15 people that I thought would be interesting to, uh, to have a chat with. And, um, but the first two guys that I booked in uh, have both sort of, well, not cancelled, but postponed. Uh, and They didn't want to follow. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And you're a man of your word. You stuck to your date and uh, now here we are. So That's right. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, so for, for the benefit of anyone that, that's not familiar with your work, um, uh, you are a, I, I want to say that you're a, a stand-up comedian, but obviously that's a bit out of date nowadays. You're, you're full-on YouTuber, right? Full-time? Yeah, somebody asked me that at the at the Apple Store randomly the other day. Uh, what do you do? And I was like, <clears throat> Oh God, what do I say? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't want to go into a big long explanation. Right. So I, I, for the first time ever, told somebody that I'm a YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, and how did they react? Which sounds it sounds weird, you know. I felt like he was going to look at me and go, "But you're not 14." <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know why I say that because, you know, the, I watch YouTube a lot. I watch so much YouTube and none of the people that I watch are 14. But I still have this idea that it's for, you know, young people. And I feel weird being, you know, a, mature, a, a full grown sure, man. Sure. YouTuber. Yeah. It's funny, <laughs> isn't it? Because it's like it's even like mentally to me, it's still quite a new medium. But obviously it's been around for, five, what, 15 years or something now? Um, so it's not yeah. that new, but still in my mind, you know, the, the phrase YouTuber, the word YouTuber brings with it connotations of, yeah, like a sort of, you know, 14 year old girl doing makeup tutorials or, you know, a gamer sharing his right. footage or something. But it's kind of one of the things I wanted to touch on actually today was the, um, the maturing of that format and you fit right into this, this, um, this point I, I kind of want to make. So, um, I was thinking how like. Well, you know, I am sort of rebranding to doing make makeup tutorials, so I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to play your strengths, right? I mean, the technology stuff is good. It's good, but it's not you, man. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not really no. me. 
Yeah, I love doing, uh, you know, a smoky eye mm. or, um, yeah. Or Halloween, like slutty Halloween. Makeup, Halloween yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, slutty Halloween stuff. I like to, uh, you know, make my cleavage look nice. Sure. With a little, and uh, it does. Accenting. It's working. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, I was thinking about this um, uh, over the last few weeks about how, like, especially – since covid hit and there's been lockdown and you've got shows like over in the us like you know like the late night shows we, we don't really have the same thing here but um uh and and all of those shows which are traditionally you know big lights camera action uh a guy in a suit behind a desk um and an audience going wild all of that stuff is kind of ground to a halt because of the pandemic and what it's kind of brought to the fore i think is it's it's kind of pushed these guys like jimmy kemmel uh, into their bedroom or into their study or something to pro- like to self-produce content on a camera that's not that noticeably different quality to somebody like yourself so the the lines are getting increasingly blurred in terms of what is yeah. like network and production house produced versus what somebody can actually produce in their bedroom or in their study so i wonder if G- uh- like, sorry go ahead Sorry, I was just going to say Jimmy Kimmel was actually uh, at the uh, Apple store with me. He was next to me, and he he called himself a YouTuber as well. No shit. I heard yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, if Jimmy Kimmel was saying it, I mean, obviously it's okay. Um, <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose, I suppose my point there is that, you know, you're exploring uh, YouTube at a time where uh, – the, the, the opportunity and like the potential of doing it is becoming almost like a kind of rival to a lot of the traditional kind of mainstream stuff. Is that your sense? Is that yeah. your sort of feeling of it? Or do you feel like, ah, oh, dude, I'm fucking millions of viewers away from network success. And, and is network success something that you're actually kind of striving for? Or are you happy to kind of keep exploring the, the self-made route? Lots of questions Sorry. there. And yeah. I, stuff I think about every day. <clears throat> I think the first one is, um, what is it? Do I, am I still kind of, what do I think about this new medium and all of us being sort of in the same mm. boat? Um, I think it's great. I, uh, it couldn't have happened at a more perfect time for me because, uh, my joke for my show was, um, now I have the same size studio audience as all these big late night shows. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I, I came up in the world yeah. uh, and, you know, uh, everybody was going into their houses and, um, their show quality dropped even below where my show quality, uh, was because I was wearing a suit. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I had, I was used to having no studio audience, so I wasn't waiting for laughs. Yeah. The first few weeks of these guys, uh, doing their monologues and their jokes, it was just soul crushingly awkward. Yeah. And they didn't, yeah. Cause they didn't realize that there's nobody, nobody's going to laugh. You don't, don't look around after you tell your punchline. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have that same timing. And so, uh, I was kind of felt like I was ahead of the game. Um, as far as trying to, you know, do I want network success? Um, sure. Yeah. Would I jump ship? from YouTube to, uh, you know, if, if I got a production company and a network, uh, wanting to sign me on, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. 
yeah. It's funny. A thousand percent. Really, because, like, I mean, uh, people like Joe yeah. Rogan, who, you know, he self-produces his, his podcast, and that's massive on YouTube, at least for the time being. Um, uh, and he always professes to have this, you know, knee-jerk reaction or stance that uh, the idea of him jumping into a network production, he would immediately attract the influence of suits and producers and people in branding and all this stuff and, you know, interferers, basically. And you write a lot of your stuff, right? Um, If not most of it. Yeah, I write it. So would would that kind of concern you or would you be like, you know what, just give me the fucking money. (laughs) I'm done. Buck me. Yeah, I mean, someone in Joe Rogan's position has uh, can easily say uh, they wouldn't want to go to the studio route. Um, but if you're a relative unknown, as I am, um, that'd be a huge leg up. And it was for Joe as well. I mean, he got his success on mainstream TV, most of it. And then he was able to transfer that over into his own thing. I uh, don't have any of that. I'm, I'm starting. I'm pretty much still, you know, ground zero. 30, 30K almost subs on YouTube is not um, is not paying bills uh with everything that i've got coming in from all different sources it's maybe sometimes making about half bills yeah. so you know <clears throat> maybe if i had a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand subscribers and i um and i was definitely making bills and i was thinking about hiring an editor that you know that kind of level yeah sure it would be a different conversation i'd be like well this is growing very fast um soon i'll be at a level where i'll have more employees like maybe i just want to see where this goes Mm -hmm. and not you know take the deal but even right now with thirty thousand subscribers and half bills i'd be like you know i could it'd be great to have a writing staff yeah it'd be great to have a billboard uh it'd be great (laughs) to you know because then even if the show got canceled after a year, yeah. I could I could take that success back to YouTube. You, they're they're never going to get my YouTube channel. So any mainstream success I can get will only help YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And so, like the other thing I wanted to chat about was so YouTube is very much the you know the, the current and if not the future, and it's where you're finding a lot of success at the moment. Um, but it's not stand up, and. Um, I know that you and I sort of first got to know each other through like Vine and six second videos and stuff. But the thing that that we kind of actually started chatting about like one to one was doing stand up and like what our styles were and, um, uh, you know, different venues yeah. and stuff that we played at. And uh, uh, I just wondered if you I mean, obviously, the pandemic has, has fucked stand up. Right. But do you does YouTube has that kind of taken over stand up for you? Do you miss it? Is it something you can see yourself circling back to at some point? The plan all along was to use uh, whatever notoriety I could gain from YouTube to bring it back. Yeah, to use it to get more stand-up gigs. Yeah. Um, but it just so happened that, uh, yeah, six months into doing YouTube, this whole uh, pandemic hit. Yeah. And I was right sort of at the point where I'm like, okay, I need to do some YouTube videos about the L.A. stand-up scene yeah. to really let people know that I, I don't just do tech videos and, um, you know, I'm a comic and, ah, yeah. And then that happened. Yeah, yeah. And so I've just been, uh, it's just been rough for this last 10 months of 
just thinking, okay, well, at some point I'm going to do that. <laughs> Have you done any, uh, I, I'm assuming that they do this over in LA as well, but like on the London circuit, as soon as the lockdown hit, um, every fucking comedy forum was full up with like zoom comedy shows and Skype comedy. Oh. And I'm just like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to mock it. I don't want to be one of these guys. that's a total prick about it, but it's also like, Oh, come on. Like it's, it's not a, like in my mind, it's not a format that you can transition into. It's just not the same, you know, like you need, I, no. I feel like scientifically, biologically, to get laughs, to get a real stand-up experience, <laughs> you need, let's say, like 15 minimum, 15 people smushed together in a yeah. front row or front two, three rows, <laughs> yeah. like uncomfortably right. smushed in a hot, hottish room, like quite warm and comfortable. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> drinks flowing and like one of them has a friend that's on the bill. Or, like that's the, the good environment. Oh, and, and it should be like darkened <laughs> out. There should be a low seat, like... Like the idea that you can yeah. move that, and then you know, I'm just sat here in front of Skype and totally disconnected. And it, I know that it doesn't matter if I just like pick up my phone and start tapping. Like I, I could turn off my camera; people can't see what the fuck I'm doing. And it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah. I I can't imagine ever going in for one of those. But I don't know, like if your experience has been different. Did you get involved in any? Is it going on over there? No. I I didn't. I haven't really been. Um, I wasn't really asked to. I, I wasn't uh, doing a ton of stand up before this. So it wasn't like I was all of a sudden, you know, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I was already spending all my time making YouTube videos and I was sort of in the mode where I was like, well, I got to get back out there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like uh, my door was knocked down with any of that stuff. I I don't I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do it, but I probably would have, um, just because it's a different, so you can't think about it like, uh, this is a, this is stand up. Mm. It's just different. It's like, it, it's almost like, okay, we're inventing a whole new medium of comedy. So yeah, you can't do a lot of the same things mm. that you could do, you know, in a live show, but you could do more different things you could do even maybe like um i don't know camera tricks or costume changes you know like you <laughs> use the yeah, use saying. the camera to do like different bits I, I haven't seen a lot of that so i don't i don't know that that's happening but I, that's in my mind i was like well there's got to be some new way to do this that someone's doing and crushing it yeah uh but i don't know what that is no no me either <laughs> and like i should probably say i'm sure there's a lot of acts out there who have really found their feet like in these months where those Skype calls or Zoom calls, Zoom gigs um, have have yeah. become a sort of like a sounding board. Like it's just them and seven other comics and then they'll go, oh, guys, look, here's my bit. I thought I would say something like that. And it becomes a kind of, yeah, like a sort of yeah. just a support group, really. <laughs> um, yeah, like I would rather just hear the podcast. Like if you want to get up and act your bit out, mm. then that's cool. But like t the idea that we're pretending that this is a stand-up show, that's probably false. Like that, that seems forced and weird. Like I, I wouldn't. Like why try to make it a stand-up show when it's not? Yeah. Like just start a podcast. You know, start a group uh, comics uh, Zoom podcast. That and don't even call it a stand-up no, show. No, yeah. And then it probably would get less hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, another thing I wanted to, to 
chat about was so you've you've sort of pivoted and gone into the um uh almost like i, I suppose i'd describe your your channel as a kind of um a mix between like sarcastic kind of cynical content uh versus a kind of late show um like tonight with john oliver kind of uh lean to it and um yeah i suppose when i got to know you uh the extent to mm. which i thought you were invested in tech was uh around like video editing that you knew how to use a mobile phone and you know you'd made a few quite slick looking vines as opposed to like hours where we were just you know doing silly little sketches <laughs> right but um yeah. uh i wondered like what it was like have you always been into tech or did you is this a sort of quite aggressive move into technology and, and interest in technology over the last like five, seven years? Uh, it was just sort of a thing that I was into, not not to do stand up on. Mm. Uh, but I I guess I saw a lot of my friends start talking about sports and doing comedy sports podcasts. Um, a friend of mine did hockey Another friend of mine, um, you know, did a UFC thing, a couple of UFC guys. Um, and, you know, then people are doing politics. And I always thought, OK, well, that's that's interesting because there's built in audiences mm. for them. And I, I thought, you know, people try to have me on their sports podcast and I'm like, yeah, I I like sport. I played sports, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not like a sports trivia person and I don't religiously watch all these sports i'm like that's not my thing uh yeah <laughs> politics sort of like everybody's doing it and i just i don't know i took a i took stock of like what i've always been into and i just always watched star trek and i always read sci-fi novels yeah. and i all the headlines that i would always read were um about like biotech and ai mm. and um I remember I told this uh, biologist friend of ours about CRISPR before, uh, she, before she knew about it. Yeah. Like I'm just some comic reading headlines, and she didn't know what CRISPR was, and I like educated this, yeah, yeah, postdoc about it. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I just was like, well, maybe this is a thing. Yeah. And I started looking up channels, and uh, turns out there, you know, I wasn't the first. There's a bunch of channels that um, do videos on all this kind of stuff. They just weren't making it funny. And I was like, perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is what I like. And I don't know a ton about it. So it was, it, it was an opportunity for me to uh, educate myself. And so that was another plus. Um, and it's not like I have to be, you know, it's not like, they cast John Oliver for the, or I mean, John Oliver or John Stewart for the daily show, John Stewart, probably mostly because he was, you know, from government, no. he's a comic and he started talking about politics. I'm like, this is the exact same analogy. Um, it's news and it's comedy. It's just a different type of news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I really, uh, I really like it. Um, like the, the content wise, I like this sort of the nice blend of comedy and, uh, do you, I don't know if you follow that. Um, it's quite a massive channel now. It's called Cold Fusion, and he does like sort yeah. of documentary style yeah. stuff. Not comedy, right? But just really stimulating, interesting yeah. stuff. So to then sort of you know pepper it with jokes yeah. and commentary as well right. is 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 great. Um, and so yeah, I was a big fan of Cold Fusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so if you're super into tech 
and or, or interested in it have you ever been tempted to start coding yourself not at really? all not in the slightest that's yeah because you that's what you do i yeah, know that well, you're, you're good I, at that. So see, like how you... my girlfriend always <laughs> takes a piss out of me because i'm always like everyone should code everyone should code um and like whenever we you know we talk about a friend that's having a hard time or you know somebody that's um yeah going through a rough patch or something i'm just like they should just learn to code man they should, like it's and she's like it's not it's it's not that like people have their own problems and they've got their own you know time scales and schedules that they have to work around and um but to me it's like if you're in any way creative uh it is i don't know it's it's a, a incredibly expressive creative endeavor um and then you have the sort of like problem solving element to it as well which is really when you get a kind of kick out of it like when something is fucked and then you're like you know three hours later you're like ah <laughs> i've got it um it's just the best feeling ever so uh you're very creative and um you know you're obviously an intelligent guy and you're into tech i just thought yeah but there's obviously there's something about it that you're not <laughs> it just doesn't turn you on at all not at all. Uh, not in the slightest. I don't. Yeah, I. Uh, so I think when I think about it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it just seems so bland and vacant of entertainment mm. during the during the whole process. Um, like it seems like the kind of thing that I would try to do and just fall asleep. Really? Yeah, the, the whole time. Yeah. Whereas like there's something really technical. I mean, I'm really into to finding out new information. Sure. So that's why I like to read all the tech headlines about all sorts of different things from biotech to AI to, um, you know, crypto to whatever. Yeah. But um, where I find myself being really technical is in editing. Mm like filmmaking stuff like telling a story there's like on the, the edit editing timelines can be like incredibly it's not just technical for all the um technical software that you have to use to create these things and understand the software but then to tell like a story and to understand the sound cues and the sound design mm. and like how how it moves people's attention and uh to me that's like coding coding someone's experience yeah. in something they're watching. So I, I really like editing and the technical aspects of like video editing. Uh, but I don't know. I just couldn't like build an app. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to with, me. It's like, like yeah, like different strokes, <laughs> different folks. Um, I mean, the irony yeah. is, so when I, uh, I was first presented with a chance to retrain at a, at a company I used to work for, the guy was like, um, you know, what, what do you actually want to do here? I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm quite creative and always have been. So it seems kind of ridiculous that this massive media company that I work for, my, my role here is fucking spreadsheets. This is nuts. And he was like, um, well, you know, what, what would you like to do? And at the time I was sort of, you know, balls deep in video editing. I was like doing my stand up yeah. show and I was doing, um, uh, like producing other, uh, other people's stand-up shows and, and so on. And so I was bought into the idea of becoming, yeah, like a an editor for one of the digital content teams. And 
he yeah. like that was as far as i was concerned i was like yeah i could i, could, I think i could be good at this and he was like why don't you try front-end development and i was like ah i don't know you know and i he really had to talk me into it and um and now i'm like oh fuck why because there were just were there no editing uh uh gigs available or that path was just closed or what uh, so it was like two things um the first was that he was a director within like the digital um like the actual sort of front-end development space so it was like account like my account websites and uh like purchasing stuff and branding so he actually had control like he could influence who he could do yeah something. yeah yeah um so there was that and uh and there was the other thing like i said I didn't think I'd be very good at it because I wasn't very mathematical and, uh, you know, I didn't do like physics or anything like ev everything I've ever done has been like wordy and like, um, or, yeah. or music, you know, like it's, it's never maths. Yeah. And he was like, ah, you'll get the hang of it. And, uh, I went, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I went and had a coffee with this guy. Like, he set me up with a coffee with a guy and then the guy was like, do these tutorials come back? I did those. I came back and then it just, yeah, snowballed from there. And now, I'm like, I wish I'd done it 10 years earlier. Like, um, yeah, it's like understanding a language, right? I mean, yeah, but it's like a language that you never, ever actually fully understand. <laughs> it's like, like when you start, you're thinking, if I could just learn how to do this next bit, then I'll be a developer. And then you figure that out and then they either fucking change it the week after or someone brings something new out and then you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And it all again. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it going to get easier? Like, is it ever going to get like Photoshop? You know, like mm. <laughs> it's like if, if they asked me to design a website and I could just do it in Photoshop, like I would crush mm. it. But every time you want to do a website, it's like what? Like, why doesn't Photoshop just be like, oh, yeah, we do web now too. like just click a button. I think and it's it coming. Translates into. A yeah, website. I saw. Um, So like WordPress and Squarespace, they do a lot of, a lot of that stuff. It's not really like a, uh, you know, yeah, I did. I did a Wix site. It, it was pretty drag and drop. It's yeah. fine, but it's not. Yeah, like coding without the coding. Like I don't want to be typing in. I don't even type well. Like I'm a. <laughs> I, I don't even type like a normal person. I'm, I'm one of those persons that has to like look at my fingers while oh, I type. Oh no, you, you're like a dad yeah, typer. Not be a good you're like coder. my dad. Like yeah. Um. <laughs> I, no, it's not like this. I'm actually quite fast. I could, I'm probably you know I'm not like. I, I'm not like a hundred words a minute or anything, but I'm probably, you know, 50 or yeah, whatever. I don't know. That's all right. Is that normal? Uh, yeah. I mean, you yeah, I can type like a normal person. I just don't do it. Yeah. It's like, well, you got to remember that like, if you're, <laughs> if you're typing 55 words per minute, a huge amount of that minute in programming is going to be spent swearing at your laptop. So you're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think is going on with the monolith? <laughs> I think it was an art piece. Do you think? Yeah. I, I've i read a few bits about it where they say, oh, yeah, it's this artist. And he died a couple of years ago, right? And but before he died, he told his wife and his... Well, it sounds like I'm making this up, but I've, I read it. And uh, okay. he, he said that he was going to leave, like, artifact-type things that looked like they were from aliens, like, around the world. He thought that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, so, so I heard it might be because that. Because he was dying? Uh, I don't know if... Or just because he just wanted to, not because he was dying. I think when... He wasn't motivated by... <laughs> I think when people are dying, they they decide crazy shit. They're like, I might not ever get to yeah, put a monolith so... 
in Romania, if I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should all live like that. We're all slowly dying. So... Yeah, it's quite an abstract goal to put on your bucket list in your last six months, though. Uh, right. But, yeah. like... So I, I heard that. I heard it's that. And then two of my friends have said that they've read stuff. So I don't know, secondhand information. And, but they've said that... Um, that it's it's supposed to be some upcoming Netflix Space Odyssey promotion, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "If ah, it does turn out ah. to be like a PR marketing thing for a fucking movie, I'm gonna hunt down whoever that PR is and roll them up in carpet and throw them off a pier." That's no, I I applaud it. I I'm in marketing. Uh, that would be something that uh, <laughs> like. I totally applaud it. It's just like, I, yeah. I think it's the disappointment factor. It's like, at the moment, I still, I, there's still a chance it is actually aliens. So I'm really excited by it. So then if it turns out it's it's not aliens and it's just some fucking advert, I'm going to be like, oh, man. Uh, it's not, It's it never was aliens. Right. So uh, that is not a worry for me. I'm not disappointed by not finding, by finding out it's not aliens. Uh, if it's just, you know, I, I assume I didn't hear the art guy story, but I just assumed it was some, you know, super hippies art piece, some like super fan of uh, yeah. <laughs> Space Odyssey art piece. And so, yeah, no, but I love uh, I love a good marketing stunt and I like I like commercials. I've always been attracted to commercials. That's why I sort of got into marketing mm. uh, adjacent to stand up. Uh, so something like this, we were going to do some stuff like this for a company that I worked at, not on a global scale like this, but like, uh, stunts around town, mm. uh, get a grassroots thing going. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. If it's that on this, we differ. I, I hope it's that. Yeah. <laughs> you hope it's that. Oh! oh shit. Is that whiskey? Uh, no, but it was booze. Uh, and now it's a broken glass. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say broken <laughs> phone there. No. But that is a broken glass. Mm. All under. Hey, this is how I christen your podcast. Yeah. I break, I break champagne uh, over your podcast. Cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I really hope. I mean, wouldn't it be weird if this was genuinely like my gimmick for the podcast? Oh, everyone has to smash a fucking glass. Every, like. <laughs> Now they yeah. do. You're not a guest on this one unless you can commit. I need that commitment. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Sorry. You know, it's in the, it's in the writer. Yeah. Uh, I know we were talking about stand up a little while ago and, um, like you said that you, you know, the plan was originally for you to sort of build up a YouTube channel and then kind of get, get a bit more known for stand up gigs off the back of that. And, um, yeah. Uh, I, I sort of, thought I, I like imagined getting into coding my end would be a sort of similar thing like i was i was quite happy doing stand-up and just doing my shitty office job and um uh and then coding became a bit more lucrative or you know it started to pay the bills a little bit more healthily yeah and i was able to dig myself out of debt which is pretty good um yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was like a, a similar thing. Like I, it was always and is always will always be the plan to be sort of look. I'll just do this for a bit. And then once I'm financially right. secure, then I'll circle back and I'll do I'll do like Edinburgh or something. I don't know. 
Um, I'm not not sure yeah. what format it will take yet, but is that so? That's your sort of like broad plan still? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I took. Uh, I mean, I did the same thing. Exact thing happened with me, but just with like through video editing and be, being an editor and then a producer and then a creative director at a startup, uh, like building their marketing team. Like, um, that was my path to kind of like, you know, pay off my debt and, uh, save up a little bit of money in order to, um, you know, try this YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, and it, and that was the thing. Like I, I took the last job. I like, I think I literally said to my bosses, at the at the agency before I took the creative director job that like you guys aren't you know paying me half what I'm gonna make over there mm. I could do that I like in my exit interview I'm like I could do that for a year or two and then fund my dream yeah yeah of you know having a show you know building a YouTube channel and and have and doing stand up and they're like well we want to support your dream too <laughs> I'm like yeah but. I asked for a raise and you didn't give me one. So yeah, yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did, I did exactly that. I had the job uh, for about a year and um, yeah, took off and immediately started doing this. Yeah. And I, I gave myself about six months and I think I grew about 17,000 uh, subscribers in the first six months. And then, yeah, almost another like 12, I guess in the, in the next, six months after mm. that. It slowed down a little bit now. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting worse. Uh, but, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there is peaks and valleys uh, to this thing, finding out what people like. And then, you know, you get, a, you get a bunch of people that like one of your videos, so they subscribe, but they don't really know that that's not what all your videos you are. The makeup tutorial. And then, so you do another. Or... Right. Then you start doing makeup <laughs> tutorials and everybody unsubscribes. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, I suppose it's one of like, these things like, where you like you want to please the majority of your subscribers, but you can't please everyone. And you know, you're going to do a video about crypto one week and somebody's going to find that really interesting because they are genuinely really obsessed with crypto and then the, your next four or five videos are about biohacking and Tesla and something yeah. or else uh, something or other. Yeah. So it's yeah, I suppose it's a tricky one to kind of navigate and maneuver around trying to keep everyone happy while attracting new people. Did you um yeah when you when you first started out that that's quite phenomenal growth for like the first 6 months so do you feel like it was cuz you jumped on hot topics or were you did you were you shared by one particular big account that kind of exploded you or like how did it happen A couple of both of those okay. things uh happened so I really took I really started the YouTube thing uh with a strategy that with that wasn't, you know, a lot of people I have, I have friends that are like, sorry, excuse me, just do, you know, just do what you love and then it doesn't matter. And, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of been doing that my whole life and, uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It sounds nice, doesn't it? When someone says it to you. Yeah. I feel, I'm not even sure yeah. they believe it themselves. I feel like they just like the way that those words sound when they come out of their mouth. They're like, I want to be the person that says, just follow your dream. But <laughs> yeah, just do what, what's in your heart and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, speak your truth Yeah, yeah. and it's all going to work out. 
But uh, no, I came at it with a strategy. I'm like, well, what's doing good? Mm. And what topics are out there that people are searching? And I really tried to use every ounce of like the marketing side of uh, everything that I've been working, you know, learning for the last five years in marketing to, to put toward my YouTube channel. So I saw that uh, at the time Tesla was getting a lot of uh, bad press, but there was the, the only good press was coming out of YouTube. And I saw that these channels with hardly any uh, subscribers mm. that were doing uh, real news on Tesla um, were, it was almost the only place you could find this real news yeah. and perspective. And uh, they were getting hundreds of thousands of views relatively small channels. So that was a big eye-opening thing for me because I was like, that's perfectly on brand. I'm trying to start this yeah. tech-centered channel. I love Tesla. Yeah. I want it. I want one of the cars. Actually, it was a big reason why I bought uh, the Model 3 because I was like, well, this, you know, I can barely afford it, but it's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I can make videos and I can make videos on it. So I'm like, okay, that that's what tipped me over the edge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tesla. And then the other one was, uh, I already knew that I wanted to do videos about automation, but, um, Andrew Yang was in the news right, right when I started. Yeah. And same thing with him, really small channels, getting tons of views, uh, talking about Andrew Yang. And I tried to make all my videos about some tech angle until the third one, when I was just like, well, I'm going to talk about taxes the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, <clears throat> I had to learn a lot and there's a lot of research involved because, because yeah, it, I mean, I do love that stuff, but it wasn't like just speak from your heart and everyone will, you know, follow. Mm. It's like, no, I, I, I put in some work. I did a lot of research and I tried to do things that I thought people would, um, gravitate toward. Mm. And I, and I hit the jackpot, uh, a couple of times early. Mm. And then I actually did get a, a person named uh, Joe Scott, who's now, uh, he's about to cross a million followers. I think at the time he was only at like 300,000, but that was still, you know, yeah. uh, really, that's still really great. And he was growing fast and he found my channel somehow, I think from one of my Tesla videos. And he shouted me out on a, on like a live video of his, um, and that actually really helped. And people started, uh, subscribing and mentioning, Hey, got sent here from Joe. Mm. And that was really great because I reached out to him and he got back to me and now we've formed a little uh, relationship and we've done another collab and that's been uh, really helpful for me. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been really great. Yeah, yeah. So that's like one of the, you know, the best relationships so far that I've made in this YouTube world. But, uh, it's obvious that, um, that's, that's really, there's not a lot of people. That's really cute and everything, yeah. but what's the worst relationship that you've made through YouTube? <laughs> this muckrake. Oh, every day there's uh, people in the comments telling me, you know, how I'm failing. Really? So <laughs> I, make way, I make way more of those. Yeah. That's like, see. Yeah. Even fans will be like, oh, yeah, you need to say this. You said this wrong or. Yeah. I love. Do, I love the. This video sucks. Like, God, please <laughs> grant my children the self-confidence of the comment section on YouTube. Like you're doing this wrong. I know this. I'm very self-assured that you you've done this wrong. It's a massive error on your part. Then yeah. you click on their name. They're like two subscribers in a fucking wedding video. Or like what? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's one of those things I try to, uh, a friend of mine is about to start a podcast and he's going to post it on YouTube and doesn't have a big social media presence. And, um, you know, there's a lot of banter that happens on, on social media, but it's just like with friends or yeah. like people that you may know. He's a comic as well. So like, I'm sure he has uh, people that follow him that are not, um, that, that he doesn't know, but it's a relatively small group of people. So it feels way more intimate. And when you get in an argument on, you know, when you're, when your social media following is that small, it, it feels way more personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you start to grow and you just, you're inundated with lots of comments on every video and, and you're putting out lots of content all the time, it, it becomes way easier to just, yeah. you know, not to just let it roll off. But at the, I remember at the beginning, I was affected uh, and I commented back angrily and, and whatnot. <laughs> and now I could find myself like going, OK, I can yeah. just not say anything. It's funny. I suppose if you've got, yeah, like sort of um, I, I suppose the, the most immediate example of that that I can think of is um, like on Twitter. If I've if I've put a tweet out and then a big account has retweeted it or quote tweeted it, um, you know, most of the uh reactions to it are other people just like favoriting it or liking it or whatever um but occasionally yeah. you get some really shitty cop like like abusive comments back and when you're quite a small account on twitter uh like it does sort of there's something visceral about it you think like yeah. how does this person yeah. know that i'm a piece of shit like how have they figured it out <laughs> um because like you really you know that what the, they would obviously like why would they say that unless they really felt it? Um, but uh, but then you know you've been on Twitter for a few years and you just realise that that's the that's the social currency of Twitter. And I suspect maybe it's the same yeah. with with YouTube. You know you you spend a lot of time on there, you you gain a following, and then you just sort of toughen up a bit. I always wonder. I always wonder what what causes that type of comment to keep happening you know like what's the feedback what's the positive feedback from it that um makes it keep happening is it just in our nature and we don't need any positive feedback or like is there not enough positive feedback for good comments like what you would think at, at the beginning mm. you would think well this is just sort of human nature people you know flying off the hip and there's nobody there to um yeah I think it's a mix so of things. To call them on their shit. Yeah. So that go for it. But after a while. Yeah. Don't you think it would stop? <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think it's, it's a bunch of things. I think there's, there's enough people in the world who like they start doing it and then they do it for six months and then they get bored of it and they stop. But by that point, there's another hundred thousand people who start doing it and get, so it's like a sort of cycle a rotation of, of new uh -huh. cretins yeah i wonder if we'll evolve past it ever no i think so <laughs> uh the other thing is i think there's a lot of bots that are just doing it to make it look as though there's hundreds of thousands of aggrieved people you know bashing and trolling whoever for their point that day um and then dude maybe we should start a bot company that uh, only does positive comments you're really crushing it <laughs> with this channel yeah but <laughs> i love your perspective like still so still loads of flags in the name like we should have like usa flags and like <laughs> uk flags and everything just to really fuck with people like well hang on a second this person's called like Brez brexit chick 83 but she's like she's big enough like so positive yeah, yeah. 
your hair looks great <laughs> don't don't listen to the haters yeah they're awesome yeah. um so yeah i don't know I, I think it's a mix of that but then i also think like the genuine ones who uh who spend hours a day you know like if you go on their timeline and their tweets and replies are just literally just blocks of abuse and um uh just replies back to sort of famous politicians or you know pop stars or whatever i really feel like maybe it sounds like a bit of a cop-out but i truly feel like those people are actually not very happy and i think that the psychological uh mechanism that's happening is that the, the unhappiness in their lives is brought about by a total lack of control so let's say that they're in debt they're going through a divorce the kids don't speak to them they're behind on their mortgage or their rent or whatever it's just fucking chaos and the one thing that they have control of or to feel empowered or, or emboldened around is to go on twitter with somebody that they disagree with and then just call them a cunt and it does feel good like when you <laughs> when you're in a shitty but you're like ah well at least i'm not fucking piers morgan like ah so it's i think there's a reward thing going on there where it's like yeah my life is chaos but you know now i can and i've now i've tweeted that i've got 100 likes on it and now i, f I feel you know emboldened by it um i think that's yeah. for the genuine ones that aren't bots and aren't um you know the, the guys that start and then get bored or whatever people with with true like longevity to their trolldom uh <laughs> to their troll yeah game. Uh, I think that's you know, it. I will say this about my channel. Uh, the comments are generally very nice. Mm. I've got a very nice comments uh, section. Uh, people are pretty, pretty happy about what I'm bringing to the table. And um, I, I think most of them want me to do more near the curves. They want me to keep doing, you know, the late night show. Mm. Uh, and I and I do. But they're just so hard to do that. I I tend to do other ones. And I think a lot of people that follow my channel, they're nice enough to uh, at least not comment shitty on those. They just don't watch. Yeah. They, they watch the knee of the curves. And then even on the ones that they don't watch, they don't go, you suck. Do you think it's um, that you are, not to, not to kiss your ass, but like, do you feel like because you're making content that touches on quite intelligent topics so you're talking about ai you're talking about biohacking um uh if you would if you were doing tutorials or you know uh check out my mixtape here's a little taster like you like maybe the, the i don't know like it sounds really yeah, snobby but you know what i mean like, people yeah <laughs> it's, it's I'm a trying different to think of a way niche to... i'm tapping into that yeah. they're, they're nice they're intelligent they're uh they're pro they probably you know have a house and a nice car and like they're doing well they probably you know they're educated yeah like your demographic is gonna like i i'm trying not to make myself sound like a, a total prick but <laughs> unsuccessfully but um your demographic is probably majority maybe i'm this is stereotyping a bit but i would say between 27 and 45 years old and male and reasonably yeah. settled um interested in tech yeah stimulated by tech development and science um so the chance i would say that people who are going to be you know a bit trolly are more likely to be doing yeah. that on you know the, 
<laughs> I was about to say that the lowest common denominator shit. Oh, jeez. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it was something a bit more pop culture, then uh, you, you might have a problem. Sure. Yes. 100% agree. Yeah. If I was doing like uh, reviews of like house mixtapes, mm. then yeah, maybe uh, people would be a little harsher. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if I've touched on the nerve there with your upcoming house mixtape video. Um, uh, can I ask, like, when you say you don't tend to do so many of the knee of the curve videos because they take quite a while and they're a bit of bit more effort to do, is that I'm just going to cut straight to the chase here? You live with your missus. Um, does she object to your bedroom becoming a studio for like two days? <laughs> you know, I it's actually a hundred percent a studio now this is the <laughs> bedroom here that i'm in uh and uh, yeah the the bed is right there it's up in the wall yeah. and yeah you can here i'll show you oh yeah so that's the bed there up in the wall and uh I feel like i'm on cribs yeah <laughs> and then i just kind of move that um move this table up when i shoot it really only takes a couple of hours, a few hours, maybe a half day. Mm. Um, to, I've got the lights all like bolted to the wall. Yeah. Uh, so, and everything's in here. And so I just kind of like set up takes about half hour, 45 minutes. I can turn the lights all on and off with just like talking to Alexa. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I break it down and, and it's fine. So, and I'm, my editing I mean, I basically just commandeered the room as the office, so she doesn't get have a bedroom. Um, that that took some convincing, but one now it's done. So uh, there's, you know, she's already made the decision. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the what takes the longest time is uh, writing them. Yeah, I'm I'm quite impressed. The by research your, and the writing, yeah, like your your commitment yeah. to research, because I feel like if I and I I have made, you know, we're not similar videos, but I've made sort of investigative pieces and or, or pieces like youtube videos where i'm exploring topics and i find yeah um my mindset is such that i'm not not really invested in it truly getting under the hood of whatever the topic is i'm actually just always obsessing over how to get to the next joke um whereas yeah. for you it feels like like when i watch your videos it feels like um it is actually quite a rounded investigative, like kind of journalistic piece. And then once you've structured yeah. it as that, then you're looking at jokes and peppering it with a bit of entertainment. Is that a fair description? That's how they turn out. I wish that I had, uh, I wish, I, I think I'm going to start writing them mm. that way uh, because maybe that'll help me write them faster. Yeah. I always think that I'm going to do that. And then what I tend to do is write my first joke mm. and my intro and then try to write enough jokes to get to that knee of the curve mm. sort of call out while telling enough of the story. And then once I get there, I'm like, Oh crap, what am I going to do? And <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm writing jokes and doing research at the same time. I don't think that's a healthy way to do it. I think what I need to do is, say, okay, these are the interesting tidbits of information I want to touch on, put those in an outline, and then try to fill in as many jokes as possible. I'm going to try that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a, it, 
it's tough mm. yeah it's interesting it's like and, and then you have your like discord chat where you invite people to get involved a little bit i've i, I think i registered yeah. for it but i haven't spent any time in there yet um so are you yeah. getting people to kind of submit jokes and stuff or are you getting is it just for people to kind of observe yeah. the process or it's both. Mm. So it's actually, there's people in there every day. I check in there and there's a handful of posts and sometimes uh, people are in there a ton. And sometimes, Wait. you know, I, I'm not in there every day, but I, um, I pop in and sometimes I'll spend some time in there. And when I do, um, generally people uh, sort of pop in. Um, but even when I'm not in there, uh, sometimes the conversation uh, gets going. It's great. It's great combo. It's always about futurism and cool uh, tech stuff. I've actually had people uh, uh, write jokes and submit jokes. Uh, I try to call them out when they um, when they get on. I think I've called everybody out that's gotten a joke on. I've had one guy who's written me entire scripts. Um, I obviously, you know, go over them and. I do quite a bit of uh, rewrites and, and things to make it my own yeah. and understand you know, what's happening. But, uh, but incredibly helpful to have all that research and an outline um, be, uh, you know, there ready to go. Yeah. So that's been super helpful. And I have one guy from the Discord chat who actually helps with some uh, graphical stuff. He'll do those sidebar graphics. Yeah. yeah, Photoshop. So, I mean, the Discord chat has been amazing and 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 just beyond that it's like it's fun to go talk to people that uh are you know they're they're fans but they're but they're like they're becoming a community and they're becoming people i'm familiar with yeah. i don't I, I it's hard to call them friends because i've never met them in person but uh definitely have you got a name for them uh, yet? online friends and you know like like you're i don't <laughs> But this is you're a YouTuber now. You've said it yourself in the Apple Store. Uh, yeah. So you need a name for your YouTuber following, right? I don't have a name I in know. mind. I'm just saying this is something you need to think about. Yeah. The the, I mean, curveballs. What do you think of curveballs? That's pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking of like a play on words of short, but I. I haven't got there yet. Short. The, the joke cogs are not working. It's half nine at night here and I've had two beers. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to, I try to keep short out of my puns. Uh, just, you know, growing up and everybody's making short jokes and I never found them funny. So no, I imagine they get uh, old quite quick when you're the, you're the butt of them. Yeah. That's, that's cool. The same one. They would just say that most people were not very creative. They would just say your last name's short. And I'd go, Yeah. And they go, but you're not. And that was it. Hilarity. And I, and yeah, yeah, I would just go, yeah. And, and then, so yeah. sometimes I would go, no, it refers to my temper. <laughs> uh, Rescued. Very good. <laughs> that didn't win me very many friends. No. The, the worst thing about that is like, you know, when it, like if somebody says, um, oh, so your, your name's short and you go, yeah. And they go, but you're not then you then have to feel awkward for them and their shit joke. Like, I don't know. If, yeah. Like, it's you're like, oh, oh, I feel bad for you. But, like, you can't even say that. You can't say, like, yeah. oh, like you just have to feel but it's bad. also kind of aggressive to say that. Like, the way the look on their face usually is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's hard to feel sorry for somebody that's, like, smugly yeah. telling a bad pun. The scoff. <laughs> 
the smugness is yeah in the moment it's just utter disgust it's not pity no the the, the best <laughs> that you can do is just like do you ever just kind of lock eyes with someone like like so you're expressionless but they they go like oh but yeah. you're not and you just go just let it hang just yeah <laughs> just silent judgment um okay like last oh. last couple of questions then um and then we'll we'll wrap up um so we, yeah we we talked a little bit about stand up earlier and we we both sort of said um at some stage we were going to think about circling back to it can you imagine a situation in the next sort of 2 or 5 years where you think you might get over to the UK and do some gigs again 100% man i want to the last time i was over there was just so fun and magical things just happened yeah did you speak it was like your the truth? first time i went to new york <laughs> <laughs> well you know i did do that stabbing joke over there and it was well received so that's that's as truthful as i yeah, get i mean that's a tradition here so it's yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean like we, so i can't wait to get back over there we we went out to that out of town gig that time didn't we and then i think you did a, a yeah. spot at we are funny in dalston and I couldn't, I don't think I could get there. Yeah, I did was. I was, was I like freshly into fatherhood or something then? Um, yeah, it's possible. But yeah, but I, I remember getting the picture from you or Alfie or somebody like of you and Alfie together. So I was like, fuck man, I wish I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that gig. That was fun. Yeah. And then we went out for beers after and we had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm really happy for you that you had a good time. That I, I probably swore... <laughs> at my baby that night i was probably like i should be there you fucker um but uh okay that's cool yeah i mean i'd like to in 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 the next few years we'll see what happens hopefully the pandemic will end and um and i will yeah. eventually get back to uh to stand up but i'd like to do some sort of edinburgh show and and some some bits around london and stuff so uh that'd be cool to, to link up at some stage and lastly always let uh end on a a negative disappointments note uh who you don't have to name them but what's the worst act you've ever seen in stand-up the worst act the worst act you've seen i'll let you know mine immediately after yours and it's pretty bad well two come to mind um yeah, and I don't. One of them I could name. One of them I don't want to name because he's. Uh, yeah, we don't need names. Super. Famous. Right. Super oh, in that case, you can name famous. him. I mean, not going to harm him. <laughs> I was just being nice. So I was like. No, but I mean, uh, you know, he also, uh, you know, hosts a podcast that I would love to get on one day. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> Practical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I did see somebody from Saturday Night Live in um, the Sacramento Punchline, and I think it was their first season on SNL. Mm. They, you know, it was a big deal that they were there, and uh, just just eat ate shit for for forty five minutes. <laughs> I think got off stage early. I mean, it was just it was I was freshly into stand up. And I've been doing it a couple of years and I just, I was in at the club. So I got to go see, you know, headliners and things uh, all the time. And I was just sitting in the back and I just never seen a headliner eat it so bad. I, yeah. I don't want to just, uh, he was only on SNL for one season in like 
90 no probably like 2000 yeah <laughs> wow what what was it i mean obviously uh, you don't I, need to go into details but like what was your sense of what he had done was he high or was he just like ill prepared or were the jokes just shit or like what what was the vibe yeah the jokes were just shit i think they were all character based i think he was an improviser that um mm thought he could make some that because of his cachet on Saturday Night Live was able to book some stand up gigs but didn't really have stand up material. Right. I know I'm just gonna go away and Google it after this. <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> who was this loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well we'll leave it there. Thank you very much uh for for joining us, Emmett. And um yeah if you want to check out Emmett's uh content uh i always feel like a massive bell end saying that but if you want to check out like emmett's shows um go onto youtube have a look for knee of the curve um most recent episode yeah. is about biohacking i believe and um uh we'll catch you on episode two ciao for now guys bye bye